Hello and welcome again to Journeys in Grace. My name is Pastor Eric Hubbard, and today we're going to continue in studying the Word of God, and our subject is prayer, and we'll continue with hindrances to prayer. And today we're just going to go back and we're going to go into the Old Testament studying in the book of Judges, and my subtitle, if you will give it that, would be uh, Don't Fleece God. Again, we're studying about hindrances in prayer, and a subtitle would be Don't Fleece God. And the reason why, as we go into the book of Judges and chapter 6, we're going to read about uh, one of the Bible characters called Gideon. And in this time in the Old Testament, Israel, because of their disobedience, had been invaded by the enemy. The Midianites had come in and they had just raped the country where the Israelites couldn't even not even uh, farm their lands. Whenever they farmed or whenever they grew their wheat or crops, whatever, the Midianites would come and they would take all their their um, their their harvest, everything that they could get their hands on. It was like a locust that would come in. And again, this was because Israel had gone into disobedience and not observing the things that God had told them. And whenever they would uh, uh, wander away or uh, uh, depart from following after God, there would be a prophet. There would be a word. And in the Old Testament, many times there would be angels that would come and and alert the people to say, if you do not, as is written in uh, the Torah at that time, the first five books that Moses had written, if you stray from following after God, and uh, you can read this in Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy uh, the 28th chapter, um, and Moses began to tell them, if you stray from God, these are the things that are going to happen. And as we read here, because of their disobedience, and they found themselves being um, uh, invaded, being subjugated, or, or being pushed down, and now the Midianites are ruling in the land that God had promised Abraham. But the angel of the Lord had come to Gideon, had told him that he would be a great deliverer, and that God would set the peoples free by his hand. So we're, again, we're going to start in the book of Judges, the sixth chapter, we're going to start at the 36th verse. Again, uh, the book of Judges, chapter 6, verse 36. And Gideon begins now to uh, rehearse to God what God had said to him. And that's a great thing, that I think, that we could do in prayer is to remind God. And, and that's a scripture for that. And he's, as the Lord in one verse said, um, command ye me in, in Isaiah 45. But he also said, um, in, through one of the prophets again, that come let us reason together. This is what uh, Gideon is saying uh, as we start the 36th verse. Judges 6, 36. And Gideon said unto God, If you will save Israel by my hand, as you have said, behold, I will put a fleece of wood in the floor, a fleece of wool in the floor, and if the dew be on the fleece only, and is dry upon the earth beside, then shall I know that you will save Israel by my hand, as you have said. So Gideon uh, um, Gideon is saying, God, I need a sign. I need you to show me, show me to what you promised. Uh, before I put my neck out, before I stretch my neck out, uh, I want to make sure that this is you. But again, remember, this is an Old Testament character. This is before Christ's uh, uh, resurrection and before we began as he instructed us to pray in his name. And I think the fault of some New Testament believers, we want to go back and, and try to relive or try to redo the things that the, our Old Testament characters did. But Scripture surely says that the Old Testament was written for our learning. And as I 
reiterate and, and, and constantly say, the Old Testament was good. The law was good. The law was perfect. However, there were imperfect people trying to live it. And because of the failure of man, this is why Christ came to show us that the Old Testament, as Paul said, was our schoolmaster. But now we've had the perfect example, being Christ, to come and show us the way to God. And we'll, again, we'll get into that as we move through this lesson today. But going back to Gideon, Gideon needed a sign. He needed uh, an assurance that what was spoken is what is going to happen. So he asked God, said, God, show me, a, I need to show me a, 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 basically a miracle. I need to see a sign. He said, I want, I'm going to lay this piece of wool out on the ground. I want the wool wet with dew, the earth dry. And God did that. 38th verse says, And it was so, for he rose up early on the morrow, on the next day, thrust the fleece together, and wringed the dew out of the fleece, a bowl full of water. Then Gideon said in the 39th verse, now he's, he's, he said, okay, just in case uh, uh, this was an accident, or somehow this shower, this cloud, or whatever, just rained down on this one particular spot, I want to, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta know, Lord. So he says, let not thy anger be hot against me. I will speak but this once. Let me prove, I pray, let me prove, I pray thee, but this once with the fleece. Let it be dry upon the fleece, and upon the ground let there be dew. And, on the, and God did so that night, for it was dry upon the fleece only, and there was dew on the ground. So again, and something we're bringing out today is, is that many of us were looking for signs, we're looking for things to show us to say, okay, if God is going to do this, then Lord, show me something. But the New Testament believer, as we are today, must live by faith. We are the just. Everything that we've invested in Christ began with our faith in what he said and who he is. Because if Jesus is anything that he said was a lie, then all that he's spoken uh, is a lie. Because as we read today, I'm going to just quote this, but I'm going to read it later. Is that Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. So as we read this, if, if Jesus says, I am not only true, but I am truth. And I'm, let me say that the truth. He's saying, I am the only truth. And if you believe in the truth, there's nothing outside of anything that comes against the truth is a lie. So as we read this scripture today, this is our point, And this is what we want to, if you get nothing out of what I'm telling you today, surely know this. You can have confidence in the word. And when you find confidence in the word, that's when you can pray with confidence. Because when we, if we have an assurance, it's just like a child when we were children. We would ask mom, say, mom, I'm hungry. Uh, mom, when are we going to eat? If you knew your mom didn't have any, any food and there wasn't any in the fridge, there wasn't any coming in the house, that's sort of a, uh, you know, sort of an off question to ask when we're going to eat and there's nothing to prepare. So, but with confidence we ask, mom, uh, when are we going to eat dinner? Because you knew within your heart, you had confidence that if I didn't see it on the refrigerator, that's something that mama's going to bring. Either she cooked it or she's going to cook something. She, she's going to prepare this for this for us, and we're going to have food and dinner to eat. And that's how we must come to God with an expectation in prayer. That uh, we don't come begging God, but we come with an expectation that what I ask, 
that what, what, what he's promised, he is going to do. And not only is he going to do it, he's already has done it. But it's up to me to reach over by faith and bring in that which God has already done. So asking and looking for signs and looking for God, something that, again, as, I, as, as we said before, uh, we want to touch it. We want to feel it. If we can't touch it, if we can't feel it, if we can't handle it, then we don't believe it. But this will hinder you in your hour walk with Christ because why would we need faith if you could see it? That's not faith. If you're asking God for uh, food and you got money in your pocket. So, Lord, I'm hungry. Okay, you got food in your, in your refrigerator. Go eat. That's what mom would say. So go look in the refrigerator and see what I got in there. Because that they don't have to repair it. So look, I've already prepared you something to eat. Uh, we, today we say, go look in the microwave. Go look in the fridge. Go look in the stove. I've already got your plate warm. Because they already did and already prepared knowing what we would need. <clears throat> and this is what God has done. He's already prepared your answer. He already has prepared your solution. He already has that job. He already has and provided that healing. He already has it uh, and given you that deliverance. Everything that we need has come in the package of Christ in me, the hope of glory. Meaning that whatever I need, as I learn of him, and as we learn of him, as we eat this word, then we see more and more, clearer and clearer. The light shines more and we see it's already in me. I've just got to draw out what God has invested in me. There has been an investment in you. And so when we recognize that the investment of Christ in me, the Holy Spirit in me, then I will not walk in lack. Then we will not only begin to ask God, we will begin to declare what God has said with an expectation that, the, uh, that life and death is in my tongue. So I'm going to speak life to my situation. I'll speak life to bring things to me or I'll speak death to that which seeks to hold me so that I will be free from death but alive with the life of Christ in me because I pray with confidence and I because I know the word and I know what God has said. Again, you don't have to uh, uh, memorize the entire Bible. You just need one word. You just need a word from the Lord, a quickening word, a word that's been inspired in your spirit. Then you can speak it with confidence because you know the word and you have confidence that what he said, he is also able to provide. Okay, so let's keep, let's go on now. We're going to now go to the book of, uh, <clears throat> book of Matthew. As we get over to the scripture here, Matthew, the, the uh, uh, 12th chapter and the 38th verse. And in the, in the New Testament, Jesus now is out doing his ministry. This is Matthew 12, 38. And the Pharisees begin to talk to him because they too were looking for signs. And as in their day, so is in our day. John the Baptist, who came before Christ, had preached that, uh, that Messiah was coming. There was one coming whose shoes he was not worthy to latch. And then on the day of Jesus' triumphant uh, uh, um, uh, unveiling, John spoke to him as Jesus came to be baptized. He said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And people saw him. And they remembered what John had said. 
Because there were crowds, there were hundreds, there were thousands around John. And John pronounced him as the son of God, the lamb of God, who's come to take away the sins of the world. And then as John's ministry decreased, Jesus began to increase. So the words were out there. They've heard it. They've seen, they've heard of the dead being raised, blind eyes being opened, lame, the lame being healed, miracle signs and wonders being done. As he went to sinners and sinners came to him because of the love and the compassion of Jesus. So every sign that you would need to say, okay, this is the works that Messiah would do. Jesus had already done them. But yet people still want more. But now we've got to trust in what he said and who he is rather than looking to will I. Because today you can't physically touch Christ. But you can touch the people who, uh, who, who profess Christ in me. So let's read. Matthew 12, 38. Then certain of the scribes and Pharisees answered saying, Master, we would see a sign from you. In other words, Jesus, we need you to perform. We need you to show us something. And that's the, that's the wrong place, uh, the wrong position that we as believers should have. That's okay, Lord, I need you to show me something. Yes, we need manifestations. Uh, but in, in God, we must believe first. For Jesus said, if thou canst believe, all things are possible. But you can, we have to start with belief, not with unbelief. But we must start with faith. And we're going to get to that uh, as, again in this lesson. But we as believers must start with faith in prayer. Not asking for a sign, but coming and saying, Lord, you've done this before. And you can do it again. If you did it for my sister, you can do it for me. If you did it for my brother, you've done it for me. For God is no respecter person, but he is a respecter of faith. You come with faith. God, in, in Matthew 7, as, I, uh, as the scripture says, everyone that asks, receive. Everyone means everyone that comes in faith. But Jesus said in the 39th verse said unto them, an evil and adulterous generation seeks after a sign. Because Jesus knew them. They didn't want, they just wanted to, they just want to perform it. They didn't really believe in him. They just wanted him to perform. But God is not at our beckoning call. God has done what he's going to do. He expects us now to believe. And then if he asks for an action, he expects us to act in faith. The apostles said, faith without works is dead. There are times that God said, okay. You believe, so let's uh, now let's put some works to our belief. Step out in faith. You asking for a car? Go get your go get your license. You said you believed. Okay, Lord, please give me a car. I need a car to drive. I need a new way to work. Okay, do you have your have, have you do you have your learners? Are you going? Do are you, then are you going to are you going to a driving school, or do you want to ask your brother, or your sister, to teach you how to drive? Have you taken the uh, driver's test? No, I'm going to get it all at no. If you drive illegally, <laughs> the car that you, if God gave you a new car, it will be taken. But we must learn the ways of God. Yes, I believe in grace. And yes, I am a grace preacher. But God is the God of order. He says faith without works is dead. Not only must we pray in faith, but then when God gives us directions, we, may, we must be obedient to what he says. 
That's why one of the most important natural organ and spiritual organ that God has given us is a spiritual and a natural ear. Scripture says, hear what the Spirit says to the church. We got to have a spiritual ear to hear. So when we're in prayer, not only will we speak to God and magnify and glorify Him and, and make our petition, but we also must have an ear to hear. What is God telling you to do? Okay, you made your uh, petition for the Lord, I want a uh, better job. Maybe the Lord will say, okay, stay on the job that you're on, and I'll elevate you, I'll promote you. Or if you're looking for one, He may send you to a place that you say, Lord, why am I going to go and make a minimum wage? And I with this degree. I remember when I came to Atlanta and I came with my two majors and 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 knew only it was gonna be a hard place to come because Spirit had told me that. And I came here and I worked for minimum wage or whatever I could I could work. And there were other places I could have went and had it much more easier and living in a nice house with my with my relatives. But this is where God sent me. So I came. And God elevated me. Every time he elevated me, I had to receive instruction from someone. Sometimes it was time or two, it was from an unbeliever. Whether well, it spoke to me, and I knew it was God. And I listened. At one point, I was changing jobs. You know, I had, think I had three jobs, four jobs in a matter of 10 to 12 months because I was chasing money. But one man told me, he said, sir, I see, I, I see your, uh, your, your resume. You looks like you, 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 you advanced, you have these degrees, but uh, you just need to stay somewhere. And when he said that, I was offended. But later on, I listened. I said, you know what? That's true. How can you get promoted when you're only there for six months? You're only there for four months. You're only there for uh, 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 two weeks. You're only there. You're chasing money. But listen to God. And the most unlikeliest place, God will put you and cause, and that favor of God, when you hear him, when you're willing to listen, not only must we pray, but we must listen. We must listen to what the Spirit is speaking to us. All right, let's progress on as we study the word today. So Jesus, let me finish that. He said, and even adulterous generation seeks after sign. But there should be no sign given to it but the sign of Jonas, of the prophet Jonas. And we know that uh, Jonah, uh, in his disobedience, he rebelled against God and left when God told him to go preach to his enemy. But when Jonah heard, after he had been in the belly of the well three, three days, then he, he, he went on to do a great work for God. But Jesus said the sign of that the sign of that is that he too dwelt in the belly of, of the earth. For three days. And he rose again after those three. But my point being again. Is that Jesus was obedient. He said I only do what I hear my father. So Jesus knew. Before he came here. I've got to obey God. And I've got to hear. So let's go now. Let's go. Let's, let's, let's continue on. As we uh, uh, go on to this message. St. John 14. And we're going to now read. And again we're still talking about prayer. But we're talking about as we pray and as we, uh, one of the first, we must know, we must uh, know the will of God. Don't seek a sign, seek Christ. Don't look for, what, uh, uh, God, show me something. No, you believe something. You believe, and that something is, uh, that person is in Christ. It's all about him, church. 
It's all about Jesus. It's, it's, it's about him now. It was about him in yesteryear. And it will always be about him. When you can establish your faith in prayer and, 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 and yourself in the word of God, then when you pray, you can pray with confidence. You can pray with confidence. All right. So let's go now to again to um, uh, St. John 14, chapter six. And they'll begin to ask uh, the disciples begin to ask Jesus about who he is. Let me back up number five, verse five, uh, St. John 14, five. Thomas said unto the Lord, We know not whether you go, and how can we know the way? But Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. So Jesus began to establish, I am the one-way highway. I am a one lane. This is a one-way, one bridge, uh, a single-lane bridge. I'm the bridge to God. If you're going to get to God, I know there are other religions. I know there are other uh, prophets. I know there are other teachers. But I am the way to God is what he's saying. Seventh verse. If you had known me, you should have known my father also. Jesus is the full manifestation of, of God. Everything that God is, all the love, all the joy, all the peace, was manifested in the earth in Christ. Jesus showed us love. He showed us the uh, compassion of God. That God is not against you. No matter if you're in the deepest, darkest, ugliest addiction or sin that you can imagine, that you, will never, you wouldn't want your best friend to know. You wouldn't want your enemies to know where you are and what you've done and what you've come through. But in all of that, Jesus loved. He loved the prostitute. He loved the demonic who was so demonized that chains were put on and he broke them. Nobody could hold him. But yet Jesus loved him and cast the devil out. He cast the devil out, the prostitute. He cast the, he, he opened blinded eyes because he had, he had compassion on them. He, he, he felt love for them. When the lepers came, the ten lepers came, they couldn't even be touched because they were highly contagious. But what did Jesus do? He showed the people that I love you. I want to show you God. So when we go into prayer, we have to come with a heart that God wants and has answered me. He wants me to have the best in life. He wants me to be healed and delivered. He wants me. But we have to reach out and take by faith what God has already provided and it's not something we're taking that, that we're, we're making God do. God's already done it. He said, here, just like mama said, your plate's in the, in the microwave. Food's in the oven. Food's in the fridge. Go get it. Go eat. That's what Jesus is saying today. Go eat. You don't have to try me and, and ask me, um, uh, Lord, uh, give me a shine. Show me what you want. Show me, show me something so I know this is the right thing to do. I gave you my word. This is what he's saying. I, this is what he's telling the disciples. I've showed you who I am. Seventh verse says, if you had known me, you should have known the Father also. And for henceforth you know him and have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show the disciples. And it's enough for us. Now, that's kind of 
you know, I don't want to say that word. I'm, I, it's come to mind, but it's kind of not smart. Jesus said, look, you know me. If you know me, you know the Father. In other words, I'm the example. I'm the fleshly example of who God is. The ninth verse, Jesus said, have I been so long with you that you don't know me, Philip? He that has seen me has seen the Father. Then he said, how can you say, show us the Father? I've done everything that God said. He said, I'm the embodiment. I'm the, I'm the earthly fulfillment of everything God has said. Then he said the tenth verse, believe not thou that I am in the Father and the Father in me. The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself. But the Father that dwelt in me, he doeth the work. See, this is, is, is a, a, the scripture that, you know, we have to focus on. God just asked your faith. He didn't ask you to do it. He asked you to believe that he can do it. And not only that, but he has already done it. The option is yours. Do you believe? If you believe, all things are possible. Now let's go now. We're going to wrap up today. This is in, uh, I'm going to go to Romans 4.21. Well, two more scriptures. Romans, book of Romans. Verse 4. And uh, Romans 4 and 21. And it reads. I'm sorry, I got the, got the wrong chapter. The Corinthians, not Romans. Romans, verse 4. Chapter 4, verse 21. And it says, it's talking about Abraham. Verse number 20 says, He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. Why? Because he trusted God, but was, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. In other words, Abraham praised and glorified God when God gave him the word. He, he, he said, okay, God, you're good for it. You're good for it. Because you said it, it's done already. And this again is how we must approach God. When I ask for it, it's done. That's why we praise God before we see the manifestation. Before the healing is, is, is manifested in our, in our bodies. We praise him now. Because God is good for it. He's already done it. He's proven himself in your life. All of us can look back and see the great and glorious things that God has done for us already. If you would only remember, if you would only recall all the victories, all the triumphs, all the things that God had brought you through. And if he brought you to that, he'll take you through this. And I'll read again. He staggered not, 420, at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God and being fully persuaded. Why? Because he remembered what God had done, all the victories he had brought him through, all the trials, all the tribulation he recalled, and he said, what God has promised, he was also able to perform. Because if he done that, he's going to do this too. And let's go now. The last scripture you're going to talk about today is in the book of Numbers. And we're going to read uh, Numbers 23. I can quote it, but I want to read it. Make sure I, I get every word correct. Um, numbers, the book of Numbers 23 in the Old Testament, chapter 19. And this is why, and our foundation must be, again, another foundation pillar. Numbers 23, verse 19. 
God is not a man. God is not a man. God is not a man that he should lie. Neither the son of man that he should repent. Has he said and shall he not do it? That's what confidence is. I'm not talking to a man about a man. I'm talking about God. Then he goes on to say, if hath he spoken and shall he not make it good. Make good in today's uh, legal system is where you are brought and made whole. How many times the court will say, okay, you got to make this person whole or you got to make it good. You got to make them whole. Restore them. But we know God will not only restore you, he will take you above and beyond where you started out. This is the confidence that we must have in prayer. That if God said it, he is able to do it. I pray you got something out of the word of God today. I pray that this teaching has been a blessing to you. Father, we thank you for this word. We pray, Lord, it has been a hope and a help to those who have heard it. And they would have the confidence to come before you in praise and in worship. They would make their petitions, Lord, wrapped up, knowing that you are a God that answers prayer. And everything we need in this life, you've already done it. You, We just need to walk in it. And for my brothers who are sisters who are not saved, who may hear this, I pray that you would open up your heart and say, Lord, I receive you in my life today. Cover me with your blood. Fill me with your spirit. For I accept you as my Lord and my Savior. I am no longer bound by my habits or addiction. But I am free today. Because whom the Son has set free is free indeed. Today I am free. Today I am alive. Today I am whole. Thank you for accepting me into the family of God. In Jesus' name. Until we meet again. Be blessed.